0: Welcome to The Leadership Drip, coffee and conversations for leaders leading the next generation. We're excited to welcome another incredible guest to the table. But before we do, could you do us a favor and hit that subscribe button? While you're at it, go ahead and give us a five-star review. That helps these conversations reach other great leaders. Pour yourself a cup of coffee and get ready to join us at the table for another great episode of The Leadership Drip. Friends, welcome back to The Table for The Leadership Drip. My faithful co-host and friend, Rob Foltz, is not here today. He is out not feeling well so hopefully by the time the show airs he's back on the mend and feeling okay but i'm not alone at the table i've got a brand new friend and by the time this releases fellow tennessean colin henderson colin uh provides tools to transform lives through mindset training he's an author speaker and the ceo of master your mindset and i believe a former college athlete is that true
1: that's correct well you said former college athlete
0: i say i'm still an athlete
1: Jeff I still like to play some basketball okay so what did you play what did you play in college I played football and baseball okay what position in baseball um I played in in the outfield
0: in the outfield yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah, center field
0: I was uh I was kind of slow so they put me a catcher so I never got past high school but I enjoyed playing catcher because I could see the whole field it was a good time though I enjoyed it so are you a Mariners guy yeah.
1: The Mariners are a great team being in Washington state my whole life. You love the Mariners. I mean, my growing up, my favorite player was Ken Griffey jr. How was it not, you know? Yeah. He was an awesome player.
0: That's great. So, so but you're moving to Nashville, you just said for the show, um, you should be there by the time this, this releases now there's some undercurrent talking and maybe you can help make this happen that Nashville is going to get a major league baseball team. So that's your mission when you get to Nashville to yes. get on that board and try to make that happen. Yeah, That's my a uh, son, charge, but...
1: my my uh, you're a catcher. My my son Baylor Boone, he's nine years old. Uh, this is really his first full year of baseball, and he is obsessed. So his biggest thing is, Dad, the Mariners are going to be around. Is there a Major League team in Nashville? I said no, but there's a Triple A team. There is. So we actually looked into this. So um, yeah, so if we can, I would love to help this uh, charge. Let's yes, bring yes. let's there's... bring Major League Baseball into Nashville.
0: Well, yeah, it's done. We're we're on it. We got a mission now. So I don't know who's in charge of that, but if you're listening, we want Major League Baseball in Nashville. So it's done. So t- tell me about what you do. What exactly is mindset training?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I'm trying to really help educate uh, people understand. So there's mental health. Right. And there's really what I call mindset training. So mm-hmm. when you look at the word mental health, think of, um, you know, if you're going through something very challenging, uh, h- hard, you know, having a therapist is really powerful. That's more that lane. So mindset training is prehab. It's proactive working on things, not waiting for there to be, you know, some, some issue. And we have some problems pop up in in leadership and business uh, in Mm -hmm. life and work as an athlete, whatever you're into, there's, there's, there's challenges that arise. So I think I'm so passionate about teaching the power of mindset, which is a conditioned set of beliefs that drive behaviors. So Mm -hmm. our conditioning is happening, whether we know it or not. So instead of allowing what you watch on TV, maybe your past uh, what I call trauma drama, daddy and mama, things that you've been, you know, with your failures and hardships, shape how you see yourself and your self-image or environment. Let's have some coaching on, you know, what's the best version of me? When I'm at my best, what am I doing? Let's practice things like self-awareness, how to be present, self-talk, how to deal with fear and failure. And let's look at some key habits, what we're going to do. Um, So it's really not waiting for a problem. But again, if you're listening to this listeners, the leadership drip, I want you to write in your notes, prehab prehab you don't need to be sick to get better
0: i'm writing that down prehab prehab instead of rehab so
1: well i mean but but, but both are important
0: I right. mean, you kind of no, need, you
1: need you need coaching so it's like if, if you're a student athlete you have the strength room the weight room mm-hmm. and the training room both are important so in the weight room we're working on our muscles to prevent injury to be faster stronger and in the training room if there's an injury you want to get healed up So counseling and therapy is the training room. You need that. We need that support. We need licensed professionals to help us work through some things. Mm -hmm. But we also need some proactive work to be more resilient, to be confident, to elevate our self-image. So that's what I do.
0: Do you feel like, um, Colin, that most people wait for the, the breaking point and then find counseling and they're maybe unaware or afraid of doing the work ahead of time?
1: Well, I think part of it is just you just don't know. So my story yeah. is I struggled with confidence. I struggled with, you know, self-image. I got my self-worth tied to outcomes. As an athlete, when I was in sales, selling to, to hospitals and doctors, like my mm-hmm. self-worth was tied to how well I did. And if someone right. didn't like what I, what I said, I would just beat my, my, myself up. If I dropped a pass in the football, if I struck out, had a bad game, a bad series, like I just didn't know what to do. And when I was like 33 years old, I had a sales coach. His name is Frankie Pretzel that changed my life. That's his real name. And we're doing onboarding and sales. He's like, Colin, here's all these books on selling and and influence, but here's these books on the power of the mind. yeah, Mindset. So I've, I've now coined that book list of 30 books, the Jedi Scrolls. So I was like, where is this stuff in all my life? The power of thought. And he taught me this phrasing, whatever the brain can conceive and believe it can achieve. The brain is that powerful. Your brain is a magnet. So if you start to feed it with some some positive things, some good stuff, and and change what you verbalize and change what you focus on, a lot of people focus on fear. They focus on mm-hmm. all their failures, and they start to attract some of those things. So I think I didn't know about it because I didn't know. I didn't know that this yeah. was even like a lane I can go to. So So the mission of what I do every day, Jeff, is to transform lives, but to normalize mindset training. To just to talk about, hey, um, books are really cool. It's cool do mindfulness, but are you writing down your affirmations? Are you practicing gratitude every day? Are you visualizing your own goals? You know?
0: Yeah, I, I just started the affirmation thing um, probably a week ago. Um, I, I, I've I've had counseling. I have a counselor that I check back in with occasionally. Um, and someone who's kind of brought this to light is Craig Rochelle, pastor in Oklahoma. He has a list of affirmations that he put out on his website or somewhere. Um, and and I modified those, but it's something I just started. This sort of it's part of my morning routine. I exercise, I do my devotions, and I do my affirmations. Just because what I've realized is if I don't start the train of thinking the right way, it's, it's gonna go any way the train goes. Um, it's just, it's off the rails and it's into negative thoughts and all these things. So what are some tools maybe besides the affirmations or where do we begin in this mindset training to go? Hey, I got to do the prehab work. Where do we start? Well,
1: the, the first question have, if I'm training anybody on, on the, the mental game is like, what are you doing to get your mind right? What are you doing? So there, there are three things we can train, Jeff, your, your body your craft and your mind. Most athletes train their body. Most business professionals train their craft, but are you proactively working on your mindset? So scale one to 10, you know, where where are you at on that scale? What are you doing? Most people don't know. So I would ask, Mm -hmm. what are you doing? And then I would give them, we'd build a plan for more options. Now, number two is like, I like to ask people about focus. Like, where's your focus most of the time?
0: Yeah.
1: Is it in the past? Is it in the future? Is it right here, right now? We know that shame lives in the past. Anxiety, fear live in the future. Peak performance, creativity, bliss, you know, living in God's image, you know, serving, being the best for you is in, in that present moment. So let's kind of, when you're at home, when you're at work, or maybe what activities are you the most present? Like, let's look at that. And I think the number three thing is this simple, these simple two words changed my life is just understanding the power of self-talk. Yeah. So if you're at up to 100%, how much is your self-talk negative? How much is a, is a positive? Those are some baseline things that you can look at and, um, Jeff, maybe you would see you're listening to the, the podcast that you ha- had me on. Shout out to my boy, Chad Beach. What percent of human thoughts, Jeff, are negative?
0: I want to say it was it was really high, I remember. I feel like it was 85.
1: You're right there. So the, the number, the research, the science shows that 80% of human 80%. thoughts are negative and 95% of human thoughts are reoccurring. So the brain produces, the research shows kind of all across the board, but anywhere between 6,000 to 70,000 thoughts per day. So if we're going on that number, 80% that's four out of five. Let's use a simple number. If we're saying 50,000 thoughts to ourselves per day, 40,000 of those are negative. Mm-hmm. So if we don't have some type of a you know front load our thinking, have this mental fitness game plan, your brain because it's hardwired, it's going to go negative you know gravity what goes up must come down. your brain for your own survival, looking at threats and dangers, is going to try to sabotage you. And focus on all the negative stuff. So we have to recondition and have some structure. So a simple drill I teach people is what I call the HA method. Okay. So let's go leadership drip. Are we taking notes? Uh, Don't just Like H-, 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 H A like H a- H A W the H A W, ha a- w. Yeah, the right. HAW method. So it's really it's really four steps, and then the acronym H A W. There's these are drills. So as 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 your mindset yeah. coach, just like a strength coach. Okay, we're working on our glutes. Here's we're going to do squats and cleans. We're going to, our, you know, our lats. We're going to do, you know, pull-ups. To work on your mental, emotional strength, your emotional agility, clarity, let's do some drills. So the first drill, Jeff, is to, is, is to just breathe, is to just practice being in the present moment, to practice noticing where your focus is and using your breath as your anchor. And just be in stillness. I think we're so afraid today to be bored. Instagram, I, please, TikTok. The Bible app, uh, Netflix, you know, Twitter—you name it—we got all this stuff. So if you're, I mean, in your car, you're in a light, you grab your phone. In line, I'm terrible you your about it. Elevator, grab your phone. So everyone, we're just so used to this dopamine addiction of seeking, seeking, seeking. Mm-hmm. Have you train your mind to be still? Do you have the patience to just observe and be right here? So we know that elite focus precedes creativity innovation um, elite focus helps us perform better but we don't train it correct
0: right so, right so so take one one step for me define for me what elite focus is like i understand focus but what is elite focus
1: elite focus is completely present in the moment elite focus is coined is the, the term is called flow flow is a term coined by dr mihai Set mihai And he noticed that when people are their happiest, most creative, they're in flow. And flow means being in the zone. In music, it's being in the pocket. Right. Where there's no past. You're not reliving. You're not pre-living. You're completely in the moment. There's no sense Mm -hmm. of time. Uh, There's no sense of judgment. That's the critical. There's no judgment. But watch Mm -hmm. this part about flow. The activity is the reward, not the outcome. That's good. So do you practice it? I mean, you want to be creative and present and engaged, but do you practice that skill using your breath as your anchor? And I would just have have you take a few slow deep breaths in through your nose, out through your mouth and do a quick body scan and just notice tension, tightness. Jeff, let's do it right, do it right now. Listeners, hey, drip, leadership drip. Let's go, Lee University. You know, let's just slow it down. Everybody take a slow deep breath in through our nose. Hold it for a count, out through our mouth. All the way out, just all the way out. So that slow exhale Jeff signals your subconscious, you're not in danger. Hmm. Do you take time to just let it out and start low and widening your belly, go all the way up to the top. I call it six to eight breathing, breathe in for six, hold for two out for eight and just do that for one to two minutes. It's not being it, do, not do it for like a half hour. And, and just like, you know, watching cars go by that. Those are your thoughts. Don't judge them. Just notice them and, and come back to your breath. And the more you do this, there's probably less cars are going to be coming. So that, that car went by. Let's come back into yeah. my breath. Or like, you know, clouds, your, your thoughts is just like blue sky that's like clarity, peace, calm, and every thought is a cloud. Just like, you know, the wind would just exhale, fear, anxiety, stress, in, inhale, courage, confidence, calm, and just practice being still. Can, hey, listeners, can you be still with yourself? No music, no screen for one minute.
0: I'm going to say no. Like I have this, I, I have my wife gets on me all the time because I, I have to have noise. And typically it's music because I love music. And and what I, If we can make, make a biblical application, the Bible says, be still and know that I am the Lord. I wonder for myself, I'm just verbalizing this, it's probably true, how much better I would know the Lord if I was more still.
1: 100%. And I love this, uh, my favorite verse in the Bible is Romans 12, verse 2. Don't conform to the patterns of this world, be transformed by the renewing of your mind.
0: Right. Yeah. So
1: s- stillness, peace and quiet... In every religion, they actually talk about this. So I've been a Christian. Like this is like the Holy Grail of, of hearing God's voice, of okay. of helping cleanse away doubt, worry, fear, and just really be just practice being. Hey, I, I'm in control. A question I love to ask listeners is: This was from Doctor Susan David. She asked, "Who's in charge, the thinker or the thought?" Mm. Are you training your mind? I'm in charge of me. Even though negative thoughts might come and go, but I choose what I give the yeah. power to. So every time you notice a thought and come back to your breath, come back to this present moment. It's like doing bicep curls for your brain.
0: Yeah,
1: it's a mental workout. Now let's move through the HA method. Okay. okay. So we're gonna just practice breathing, and you know your breath is always present. And when you notice that where you're feared, the bigger the moment, the bigger the breath. Your breath is your anchor. Now, the Ha method, will start with H. The H is I have. So this is practicing gratitude. Jeff, there's so much science on the power of gratitude. Research out of of Cal Davis shows that a daily gratitude routine lowers cortisol. That's the stress hormone by nearly 30%. -hmm. It lowers your blood pressure. It boosts your immune system. Research out of Penn shows that when you practice gratitude, it lowers depression and anxiety. Who doesn't want more of that? And Duke did some research. They found that people who are grateful and optimistic, they're more successful, more resilient, make more money, they win more in business and in sports. So why would we train focusing yeah. on what we have and not what we don't have? Because most of I, us wake up and we like, oh, I don't look, I don't like how I look, or I don't have that many followers, or blah blah blah. They just focus on lack and what, what we don't have. This so is we what need I, to yeah. So we need college. to train gratitude.
0: Yeah. What I love is is science is proving the Bible true. Because the Bible says, in all things, give thanks, right? Like this whole yeah. thing, like in all things, be thankful. And science goes, you know what? If you're thankful, guess what happens? All these things, good things follow. Yeah. So I, I love how you're demonstrating how how science and these studies are basically going, hey, what, what the Bible has been saying about some of these things is true.
1: That's true. And I like to say, if the only prayer you said was thank you, that would be enough. You can't yeah. give what you don't have. So part of this, like giving thanks to the Lord, giving thanks on abundance. And so the body produces 5 million cells per day. Your cells have memory. Your cells are listening. Mm. So we can think ourselves into sickness. I'll tell a quick story. This is a true story out of Russia. There was a railway worker in a railway freezer car. That was his job. Every night he would get into these freezer cars. He'd clean them up. Well, one night he got trapped inside. Like he couldn't get out. Something happened to the latch to the outside. He couldn't even break out. And based off of his training, he only like, I don't have, I have eight hours to live in this thing. Hmm. He found a piece of paper. I have eight hours to live. He wrote down, I have four hours to live. I can't feel my hands and my feet. He wrote, no, I have an hour to live. I'm going to die in this thing. They found him dead the next day. Hmm. But they did some research on, Hey, what happened in here? They found that the freezer apparatus was broken. It was only 54 degrees in that freezer car. He thought himself to death.
0: Wow.
1: So, I teach this system. So the brain thinks in four dimensions In four dimensions, the words is the first dimension. Your words influence your emotional state. That's the second one. These emotions, actually, I messed it up. Words influence pictures that we see. That's like the segment. So the first mention of the words, second is the pictures we see. So if I say don't slice it, don't stutter, don't mess up, don't screw up, you know, all this negative language, you probably feel an emotional attachment. Yeah. With the, with the picture, so it's words, pictures, emotions, and that flows into the fourth dimension, which is are your beliefs. And your beliefs run your life. And the language that we use is the wardrobe of our beliefs. So that belief system is flowed into your self-image, your actions, and how you live. So if we're thinking negativity, victim, lack, you're going to attract. I say TBT, not throwback Thursday. Thoughts become things. And another verse I love is, is from Proverbs 4.23. It says, be careful what you think. Your thoughts run your life. So if we're just focused on negativity, lack I don't have, then you're going to manifest a track more of that your brain's a magnet. So mm-hmm. get your get your gratitude reps in. I've just never seen an, an a have never seen a pessimist change the world. Yeah, Optimists are the ones that are, I mean, in leadership. Hey, leaders out there, leadership drip be that optimistic leader, give thanks, catch people doing it right. Say, thank you, congratulate. That's going to change the culture. If the only time they hear from you is when something's wrong, they're going to, you know, this again, again, words, create pictures we see in our mind, emotions that we feel and our beliefs, how you speak to your team, your team members, your colleagues becomes their self-talk. So if we have a culture of gratitude, a culture of abundance, a culture of optimism, you, you can transform people. You can transform an industry, transform a community, transform a school, a neighborhood. So breathe and be present.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Practice gratitude. I, I I have. Now, I am, we mentioned earlier, is is these affirmations. I am. Productive self-talk. The, a simple parable I tell is uh, there's a grandfather going to walk with a with grandson, and he's giving him wisdom. He says, you know, grandson, there's a fight in my mind. There's a fight in your mind every day. There's this negative, negative wolf that says things like, you know, you know, you know, got you know, you don't have what it takes. You're too young, too old, you're gonna fail. There's this this good wolf that's like optimism, love. You know, just really how like Christ sees us, like the best version mm-hmm. of us. That's that good wolf. And the grandson's grandson says, Well, who wins? Jeff, have you heard this
0: this before? I've not. I've not. I'm always imagining okay, so my so I'm the asking, asking, asking So so, so so
1: so so drippers. Do you have like a catchphrase for your listeners? No, no, we need so, one. The uh,
0: drippers. I like that.
1: What's up, drippers? Drippers. Who wins the the this, this productive wolf or this negative wolf? Like this good wolf. Or this, I think about remember in cartoons mm-hmm. as kids. There's a devil and an angel. The devil is is running your life. He's trying to infiltrate your mind. Yeah. With what I call bad cops. The C is comparing. The O is warning about the pains of others. The P is perfection the other p is prize i'll only be happy if i get this outcome so the wolf who wins is the one that you feed mm. so what wolf do you feed each day and i the simple question is you know who is your best friend would you still be best friends with them if they talk to you the same way that you talk to yourself yeah and it goes back it goes back to this question you know drippers drip uh, we have to work on that maybe but yeah, um, yeah we'll work on later do you talk to yourself and some people listening, do I talk to myself? You're actually talking to yourself. You know, where you're thinking, do I talk to myself? The answer is we all do. Mm -hmm. So, so so why wouldn't you pre-plan some of your thought life and not hope for productive thoughts, but write out some anchor statements, some I am statements. Those are two short words, but they could be, you know, Jesus is the great I am, you know, I'm the truth. I am the light. He is, he is professing who he is. And, and there's so much scripture in the old Testament, who the savior is and mm-hmm. Jesus fulfilled all of those things. Right. So why would we not speak what we seek and then see what we said, speak it into existence, think it into existence.
0: Yeah. So, so, so the I am thoughts are really about recognizing our identity and truth
1: or, or no, but, but you're choosing it. Okay. So is it nature and nurture? Is it the, chicken or the egg, are -hmm. you going to rely on just, okay, This I'm born this way, or I can pick some behaviors, some habits, some traits, identify from my mentors, from leaders, the amazing pastors are in my life that I I admire. Let's write down some traits and behaviors that I want to model. Right. And let's start start acting like it. So a simple example is when I was a kid, Jeff, I used to love this East Bay magazine. This was pre-Amazon.
0: I was just talking Man. about this with my wife. The East Bay, because yeah. my, my son plays football and he wants some cleats. And I was like, do you remember the East Bay magazine? She was like, no. And I was like, it was like Christmas every time it showed up. It was so legit. Yeah, this was pre-Amazon. So actually even
1: Amazon. So it was a catalog. It'd come out every month and it knew Nike shoes and basketball shorts and gloves and bats. And it was just like, oh my gosh, look, at, I get to pick from all these things. Well, to be a great leader, mm-hmm. to be the best version of you... Why would you not pick what traits that you value? Yeah. Who you want to be and write them down. I say, don't find yourself, create yourself.
0: Hmm.
1: And, and write these things down because we know from author James Clear, he, he says that the number one driver of behavior is identity. Yeah, We become what we think about most of the time. Yeah. I just and read just that like, spring. Yeah.
0: Atomic and, Habits. And, and just, Atomic
1: Habits is great. And he has an email every Thursday, which is phenomenal, but um, we become what we think about most of the time. TBT, thoughts become things. So why would we not organize and design a self-image? Because you never outperform your self-image. Our Mm -hmm. limits begin where our vision ends. So let's not find ourselves, create ourselves. So I picked three I am statements that I live by. I am authentic, I am present, I am courageous. I'm authentic how, did you,
0: myself. how did you land on those three specific statements for yourself? What was the process to get there?
1: The process is, you know, uh, listeners on this deal, they, hey, this is a mental workout. You're not listening to this podcast for entertainment. This is life-changing stuff. So are you willing yeah. to, to do the work? Winners do what non-winners are not willing to do. Get, get your mental reps in. So yeah. make a list of like 20 words of traits of like, okay, mm-hmm. who, what, what leaders do I admire? What leaders have impacted me? When I was at my best, what traits did I show in that moment? What traits do I want my kids, do I want model to my kids? Yeah. And then just start crossing off or maybe start, then I'm going to circle 10. Then I'm going to circle eight. Then I'm going to circle, you know, three. Or, I would say if you can land on three, three to five, right. five is probably max. And then, and then tell people, say, this is, this is how I want to be. This is my goal. Like as I'm leading you, if I'm not walking and modeling these behaviors and in this mindset, please let me know.
0: Yeah. You referenced James Clear in Atomic Habits. I read that this spring, and there was the it's the opening chapter, maybe or introduction, even. I don't remember. And he talks about the identity piece in the I am statement, um, I, th- I was trying to get back into running at that point, um, was really, I ran for several years and then took a hiatus. Then, you know, then you run like once every two months or something when you're trying to get back in it. And, and so one of the goals was to, to begin running again. And so I had to start seeing myself and telling myself not I'm, I sometimes run, but I am a runner, you know, cause sometimes when you're out of shape, you don't think that you're like, I'm a guy who occasionally runs but framing it in this I am statement was critical. And I think I ran like 55 miles in the month of May, which I hadn't done in like three years, but it became this sort of like thought pattern as you're talking about. And this identity that I just bought into that, like, Hey, you know, my speed doesn't matter. And like, I'm maybe three minutes slower than when I was 10 years ago, but I'm still a runner and I'm a runner and I'm going to go run. And so, um, that was a critical sort of turning point in my thought patterns this past spring, even of recognizing the identity and the I am statement that was attached to it. Because like James clear said, when you recognize that, then behaviors follow that. If you're a runner, then you run.
1: That's true. One, the other thing is like, I hate when people say I I am who I am or I, you know, people say, you know, I have a sweet tooth. I'm not a morning person. I always forget names. You're just manifesting negative stuff and you're basically making an excuse. You're labeling yourself. So um, I, want, I want the listeners to write down this acronym, F-A-I versus I-A-F. So F-A-I is really your feelings dictate your actions and your actions influence your identity. So a lot of times we don't execute or we lack motivation because we, have, we, we trick ourselves saying I have to feel motivated, confident, I have mm-hmm. to feel a certain way in order to take a certain action. That, that's not a good recipe because I don't always feel motivated. I've written yeah. this, this, uh, this fall in two months, I'm launching my sixth and seventh book in, in three years. I don't always feel like writing. Right. But I say, I'm a writer. I create content. I want to serve and really help the world. So I just, I'm going to just open up my, my, my laptop and just take one step at a time. And then I'm just going to open up, you know, word. I'm just going to write one little paragraph and that one paragraph yeah. turns into like, you know, maybe a whole chapter, but so I shift my model to identity that's going to influence my actions, which influence my feelings last. So we need to act out of principle, not preference. Does that make sense? Yeah. We need to act different than how we feel. Now, I'm not talking about heavy emotions like anxiety and depression. I'm talking like, I don't feel motivated, you know. Uh, and here's another crazy stat. 70% of people suffer from what is called imposter syndrome. So it's actually normal to say, hey, do I belong here? That's actually a normal thought. But if you've done your I am statements and say, hey, I'm energetic, I am courageous, I get comfortable being uncomfortable, I'm here to serve, it's not about me. And you let your identity and your values influence your actions, not just feelings. Because having a hard conversation, that's never easy. Right. But if you say, hey, because I love and lead people, I actually love tough, I lead with love. And I want to have some hard conversations, even though it's uncomfortable. I've trained my mind based off of my identity and my values. And I practice these skills every day. This is what I do.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's so critical, especially in the hard conversation uh, illustration you just brought up. Because I feel like our mind had, plays out every possible scenario before you have that conversation. And most of them go bad. Like, none of them are good. Like, like we're like, oh, I got to have a hard conversation with one of our staff or one of our team or somebody I work with your mind goes, hey, what are the 19 possible bad outcomes? And you never go, hey, this could end up better than it was. Like just that train of thought, how do we sort of set the course for our thinking to go, this is gonna be a tough conversation, but at the end of it, not necessarily, again, we're not talking about outcomes, you're talking about processes, to, to step into the difficult things, even though it may not be a great outcome.
1: Well, that's why I say love tough. If you leave with love and if you don't love them, you're going to avoid, you're going to delay the conversation. Hmm. So uh, it's kind of like if if there's a cut on your arm and that's a clean cut, it's going to heal so much faster. If it's jagged and with a knife, that's not a clean knife and it's not addressed. It's going to have a massive scar. Mm -hmm. So you get to choose which pain you want to feel pain Hmm. of, you know, letting it festering and delaying. and It's going to blow up or you can Go up front but i think a, a great way to avoid a lot of this drama is to set clear expectations up front yeah and have a clear consequence on let's identify some behaviors some values this is what we expect i i, I tweeted out like a month ago having clear expectations up front and outlining what we expect and what good looks like it's going to eliminate 92.7 percent of like drama yeah you know, but the other part of this, this is a perfect segue into the last part of this ha method. This is kind of a long uh, segment here, which is great. So breathing, I, I, I have, which is, you know, thoughts and practicing these reps of, of gratitude. I, I am, which is these, these, these positive self-talk. We're going to feed the, the right wolf. And then I will is have a clear intention, have a clear intention. So if you're having that conversation, if you're giving a presentation, because the brain's hardwired for negativity, call these ants, automatic negative thoughts, you're going to go worst case scenario. Yeah, You're going to catastrophize. That's how your brain works. But if we can step up and take a you know, minute of mindfulness to, to have intent, okay, this is how I want to show up. This is the goal of that conversation. And I really tell leaders, or if you're in sales, really focus on these three things. Number one is, what's my intent? How am I going to show up? What do I want out of this interaction? Mm-hmm. like have a have state a goal and write it down the second thing is is what do i want to learn stop being a mind reader in leadership stop assuming and have empathy you're frustrated with that person or they're doing something that you maybe don't like well let's have an intent on what you want out of, that, out of that conversation but what do you want to learn yeah don't talk at talk with don't make it a monologue make it a dialogue and really try to understand learn this is from Voltaire. He says, don't judge a person's, you know, how they lead by their answers, judge them by their questions. Mm-hmm. So think about some questions. You want. And then the third thing is how are you going to bring value? So, so here's a question for you, Jeff, how would you define the word leadership?
0: Well, that's like, see, that's, that's, that's why we have the podcast. <laughs> well, um, well, you,
1: you, you tell me if you can simplify it for our listeners.
0: So I think if you look at, what Maxwell says that leadership is influence is a, is a good definition. Um, Leadership is, is taking others somewhere you have either been before or have a vision to get to.
1: Yes, that's great. And I I also love Maxwell. So I I follow that, how he breaks down. So, but I think of three, three points. So think of leadership, draw an arrow Mm -hmm. on the whiteboard and draw influence. Then now then how, how how would you define the word the word influence though? Uh,
0: yeah. Um I guess like I mean I would say impact, but impact seems sort of vague because you know y- you can have impact in a positive or negative way. Um I guess you can have influence in positive or negative ways. So
1: yeah. So if you're taking notes team, we got leadership, we got influence, and then the the second arrow, the third word is value. I cannot influence you unless you have a perception mm-hmm. of value, right? Yeah. Like you're either helping me, or I can learn from you, or right. something good's gonna come. This if there's if I look at there's no value here, I'm not gonna pay attention. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna listen. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get 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 bought in. Um, but I love this quote. It's people support what they help build. So right. if you can get them on, on this train and ask some questions and make it semi their idea, your idea and make it a collaboration. Uh, so those are, those are my, I think, simple three steps. If I'm having a, a hard conversation or a good conversation or I want to influence someone, what's my intent? How many conversations do we waste? We just wing it. We just, oh, I'll just maybe hope, you know, you'll have no clear intent. If you're in the military, they call this commander's intent. Any mission, we have a clear outcome that we're working towards. Now, we not, might not know every single step, but we are flexible to listen, to adapt, to, to maneuver.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But how, how it's going to help us is, hey, what's something I want to learn to understand? And then what's way I can bring some value?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think but, that's but, pretty cool. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But, but part of this, this I will drill is like, let's write our goals down in present tense. And, you know, if I ask most people, what is that one thing you want the most in your life? Most people don't know. Or you what's think- one what or what's one thing you're like working towards? Like what's one thing you get a bed and you're on fire for that? I, I don't I think what I've seen doing this work for years that most people don't know that. So if we can identify that, you can't score without a goal,
0: right.
1: and then go and go to the mind gym and visualize. Don't just exercise; you got to exercise. And the fact that everything happens twice first in our mind, then in real life, this is getting these mental reps. It's creating neural pathways, neurons that fire together wire together. You're creating mental grooves. The conscious brain is the goal setter. The subconscious is the goal getter. So if you're focusing on fear and failure and all the bad stuff, your, your, your cells are listening and your subconscious is creating these memories that you attract. So let's kind of rewire this stuff. And uh, one of my favorite verses is Ephesians 3.20. I actually wrote it down so I messed this up. So God's plan for us is far more better than we can ever imagine. So mm-hmm. if we're imagining these things and that's creating this, this motion to create this mood and God's going to show us something even more awesome than right. our brain can even think. But that at that least really sets that in motion.
0: Colin, do you think that you said most people don't know what they want? And I think there's some truth to that. Do you think a lot of people are just afraid of stating it? Like the, maybe they know, but it's so seemingly out there or it seems so far-fetched or it seems so challenging that they're just afraid to even say it out loud?
1: Yeah, and I like to teach people of the acronym I learned from Dr. Michael Gervais. It's called FOPO. FOPO. Oh,
0: oh.
1: Yeah, so it's not FOMO, fear missing out. It's not YOLO, you at once. FOPO is an epidemic in our society, and that stands for fear of other people's opinions. Mm. And it's this phrasing, you aren't who you think you are. You aren't who others think you are. You are what you think other people think you are. Yeah,
0: that's true.
1: So we're creating this false narrative and the reality is, is people are not going to bed thinking about your mistake. Sure. They're worried about, they're worried about how they look. So you're, you're magnifying that everyone's judging you, critiquing you. They're not, they're critiquing themselves, right? not I even mean, noticing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So I think you're exactly right. I think people are afraid to get vulnerable and declare and say, Hey, this is, this is what I want. Cause what happens if you think it's stupid, right? Or what if, what if you don't like it? You know, mom and dad. What if you're going to judge me for this, or or what if I fail at it?
0: You know? Right. So how do we get past that? How do we get past this this faux or this fear of taking the risk, or the fear of failing? What what sort of say? Let's say we have some listeners who are listening who are wanting to launch out into their own ministry or plant a church. I, I'm that's what I'm in the process of planting in church. Believe me, it's scary. Um, but to someone who's, who's wanting to launch out into the thing, they're finally getting the courage up to step out. How do we overcome the FOPO?
1: I just I go back to this this statement. There are two pains in life, the pain of regret and the pain of hard work. Yeah. So, so imagine how you feel if, if you didn't do it. Right. I mean, imagine the lives you're not going to impact because you're too afraid to, to be bold mm-hmm. with it. Yeah. And, man, you look at every major character in the Bible, they all failed. Yeah. God, God picks people who fail. All of them. You go every single major character in the Bible. I mean, I don't have to list them all. We know we know their, their names. So so failure is, is part of the process. But I would I think one of the most powerful things I can do as a mindset coach is help change your perspective.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's like let's let fail is great feedback. I mean, don't waste a mistake. Let's let's fail our, our way to the top. That's where creativity comes in. Yeah. That's where in that's where innovation. That's where learning comes in. And it's this concept, you know, is failure a devastation or an education? We can't grow unless we fail. Let's stop being crippled by failure. And one of my favorite entrepreneurs uh, to shed light on is Sarah Blakely. Do you know who that is? Yeah. Uh,
0: I feel like I should. I feel like I know the name.
1: She's the founder of Spanx. Okay. yeah, She's one of the wealthiest female entrepreneurs on the planet. And she was on a podcast and they asked her, Sarah, how did you build your empire? this is so impressive you started from nothing Mm -hmm. how'd you do it she says says, well i used to sell you know fax products door-to-door machines like you know seven years i heard no a lot so i learned you know how to take no but really my conditioning on being bold and how to take action was shaped by a question my dad asked me and my brother after school every week so what questions do we ask our kids
0: so but what's the question do you do you know the question that her dad asked i'm gonna ask you what questions do we normally ask um pro- probably not productive ones i i know that much probably how was your day or whatever you know some some very open-ended parental type questions
1: yeah listeners what questions did your parents ask you i mean when you come back from college and you're you're you know a student and you know how was school or yeah. what did you learn or who did you play with she said he had asked us those questions. He asked us this question: Did you fail today? Hmm. And if we said no, he was kind of sad and upset. He's like, "Well, why aren't you failing? You're not trying new things. You're not you're not taking action. You're playing it safe." So she said, "My conditioning—I use that word." Yeah. So basically, her conditioning, she viewed failure as not trying. Huh. So we're so afraid of what people think of us. We're not willing to try. So. So what our society is doing, people would rather not strive for their goals, lower their aspirations just to fit in. Yeah. Because, but this is part of this ancient brain that we're still trying to work through. We have an ancient brain in modern times that needs this rewiring because the human, uh, the, the, the brain craves what is called oxytocin. Mm-hmm. That's that bonding chemical. So if you're not part of a tribe or a group, ancient times, you're not going to survive. So especially when we're young in our teens, and our 20s, we it's life or death, we need to fit in. We need to be liked. We need yeah. to be cool. And if I say something that doesn't jive with you, then you might I'm thinking you might be looking at me differently or if I get vulnerable, you might judge me. But the truth is, Jeff, everyone has doubts, fears, mm-hmm. worries. I just said it before. Four out of five thoughts are negative. Seven out of 10 people suffer from what is called imposter syndrome. You're not alone. Right. So, but I love this. I love this point too. I learned this uh, concept from Dr. Valerie Young. She says, people will follow the confident person over the competent person. It's true. So if you can just declare, hey, boom, this is what I'm thinking. This is what I believe to be true. This is where we're headed. If yeah. you just have that full conviction and belief, you're like, dang, I want some of that conviction, you know.
0: I, and I think that's true, good and bad. I think we've seen great leaders with confidence lead to successful things. We've also seen confident leaders lead people into to disaster. I mean, you know, they they he never and I hate to even bring his name up, but Adolf Hitler was a phenomenal leader in the sense that he moved people like yeah. terrible mission. But he moved millions of people on a terrible mission out of this confident sort of statement. On the flip side of it is the Churchills and the the others who were just as confident to move a whole another group of people. But that's an example.
1: Is this like this this herd mindset? Like people they're indifferent. Yeah. So good or bad? I mean, all I'm saying is you think they're judging. They're not. They're judging themselves. Right. And 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 people just want to be a, a part of something. They just want to be a part of something. So. This is my invitation to you, listeners, is self-reflect. If you knew you couldn't fail, what would you do? What do you want the most? What are some things that you think about a lot that you research, you talk about? Dig deeper into that. Follow that curiosity. What are you researching when you have time yourself and you just daydream think? Like, what are those thoughts? What are those things? Yeah. Start to start to create a, this like clear picture. Maybe think in five years from now, like, man, if if money was an option or if I could be maximizing my God-given gifts, what would that look like? And then backward design.
0: Yeah, reverse engineering. I've heard people call, call it that—that that reverse engineer yes. mentality. Yeah. Well, we're running short on time. I do want to get a couple yeah, of but, questions, but, but, and this was this was great. Okay. But no, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm I'm I got all afternoon. Well,
1: <laughs> well, I was just gonna say, you know, uh, so many of us, I think, we wake up and we're avoiding stuff. Yeah. Don't be around that person. Don't fail. Don't expose myself because I'm not good at this or, you know. So what I want to really encourage the listeners of the podcast today is the cornerstone of leadership is being vulnerable. That is the cornerstone. That's the foundation. And we can't be vulnerable unless we show courage. And we can't show courage unless there's some doubt, worry, fear, unless it's, it's uneasy. So if you're not challenging yourself, if you're not getting uncomfortable, you are not growing. Growth and comfort zones cannot coexist. So by taking action, by really doing that thing that you want, or, you know, finding some mentors who have what you want and being courageous enough to ask for help. That's another thing. Like if you're going through something, we're talking about mental health. If you're going through something that's heavy, ask for help.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's the, 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 which we circle back to the prehab and the rehab that the, the need for both. Um, I think it was a critical statement you mentioned earlier. Um, I do want to just ask one other question and we kind of, talked at it and around it. But, um, one of the things we often hear about, about athletes and, and high level leaders is you have to sort of forget the last shot. Um, mm-hmm. like the great, it, I, was, I was talking with a guy this afternoon about the documentary, the last dance with of the bulls and Michael Jordan and Michael Jordan always had this capacity to forget about the miss. How do we as leaders sort of pick ourselves up after the failure that you were learning from, as you mentioned, or uh, the the struggle and sort of just move on? Mm-hmm. Because those seem, seem, as leaders, I feel like those sort of haunt us, the misses.
1: Yeah, well, I, I love The Last Dance. That was so good. I was just fully entrenched, Incredible. locked into yeah. the screen. And MJ, I mean, this is a PhD and one of the best competitors on what he was thinking about. Yeah. But um, one of my favorite things that came out of that that show was a lot of people were posting quotes from mj and i saw one quote a reporter was asking mj like michael what are you thinking about during a timeout and his answer is this chewing gum that's what i'm thinking about it's chewing gum i'm not thinking about the last shot the next shot i'm I'm right here i, I asked you in the, the kind of opening like where's your focus he was always yeah. present but I think what, what MJ did a great job and these top performers, great leaders, I think a trap that leaders fall into or athletes, or if you're in music, if you're a, an actress, uh, whatever it is, you start a business, you are attaching your worth to the outcome.
0: Mm.
1: I'm going to be worthy or loved or liked or fulfilled when this happens. I call that living on Sunday Island, suffering from sundayitis itis And the research from Dr. Sean Acor at Harvard has a great book called the happiness advantage. He says, there's a fallacy with our mindset. A lot of people think I need success first, then I'll, I'll be happy.
0: Right.
1: Said that's wrong. People who are happy, grateful, optimistic, present first, they achieve success faster and sustain it longer. So, well, I've had to train my mind because I'm an artist. I'm a creative. I write books. I make mm-hmm. online courses. I post videos. I I speak across the country. So if I attach my worth to the outcome, I'm going to dwell on that mistake. Yeah. I'm going to beat myself up. But if I can take every chance to do what I do as a chance to learn and grow, this is called a fixed mindset versus a growth mindset. Right. So, so fixed mindset people, you know, they're afraid to fail. They're afraid of feedback. When other people have success, it takes away from them. They they don't like it. Mm -hmm. Where growth mindset people are like, you know, I I like a challenge. It's about effort. It's about growth. I'm not attached to the outcome. So I think if we can, I see the best performers fail. The best artists fail. The reason why they're the best is because they fail a lot. Average performers are afraid to fail. So they don't, they don't take action. Yeah. So um, a simple drill that I do for myself every week is I call it good, better, next. What's something I did good this week? What's an area I can get better? And what's the thing I'm gonna do next time I'm, I'm in that environment? So every time we do something, man, it's a chance to get better. Have a growth mindset. And I didn't make up that growth mindset. That is from Dr. Carol Dweck. So good, good, some yeah. good research on that.
0: Yeah, I think uh, my wife's in education. It's a big conversation in education right now, this growth mindset versus fixed mindset. Um, it is, there's a lot of truth to that. Well, Colin, I, I'm I am processing a lot right now. You hit me with like a fire hose of thinking, um, and and I want to say this as well. I appreciate you coming on the show. About about a couple of years ago, um, got in some counseling for myself and was really in a sort of spiritual season of growth, and the Bible really opened up to me. And I begin to see how much the Bible talks about our mind. Like, I don't know what what kind of church you grew up in, but I felt like every time I was in church as a kid, it was like, hey, God wants to fix your heart, fix your heart, fix your heart. And nobody ever preached and taught about the mind. So I think this is a very biblically, biblically true conversation. I think it's an important biblical conversation as well. If you read scripture, you love the Lord with your heart, your soul, and your mind the renewing of your mind and fix your mm. thoughts or think about these things. The Bible is so full of these scriptures that talk about the way we think as a man thinks in his heart. So is he. So, so for the leaders listening who are going like, this sounds like some new age wackadoo kind of crazy talk. I want to challenge you dig into the word of God and find these scriptures where it says for you to work on your mind. Cause it's there. It's, it's throughout the, the book. Um, God constantly is reminding us that our mind is, is such an important piece to the puzzle of who we are as characters of Christ. Um, take yeah. on the mind of Christ is even another one. As I'm trying to rattle these off, of, off memory at this point. But, but what we're doing, what you're talking about, this mindset growth is not in opposition to faith. I think it's in partnership to it.
1: But but how is using your mind opposite of faith? I, mean, I don't know.
0: I don't, I'm just saying. So 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 usually People...
1: prayer, because usually yeah. prayer is is in your, in your mind, right?
0: Right. It has. So, if you pray with your with your words, it's got to
1: start in your mind. So so my, to me, mindset's everything, and, and mindset yeah. is is faith. Mindset's faith. Right. I'll say I'll give you the definition of mindset again: a conditioned set of beliefs
0: mm-hmm. that
1: drive behavior. Yeah. And what are you choosing to believe? Right. Faith or fear? in, in God's plan for you? Or yeah. this this world's plan for you. Yeah. So it's like this really partnership with, with Christ and with God. Yeah. Really, it is. It's just having these conversations where God is your mindset coach. I mean, Jesus is. There's so much scripture. But I look at so my lasting thing, like, how can we apply this? Let's go back to the Bible. You know, God used Moses, Noah, David, uh, Abraham. He turned Saul into Paul, but he used all these people who were flawed, but he used their strengths, too. So right. uh, I learned this phrase from the great Les Brown. He says people are born. Uh, unique, but they die copies. Mm. So let God use your flaws, use right. your failures, use, you know, to turn your mess into your message, your mess into your mission, but you don't have to be like everybody else.
0: Right. Your,
1: your, your power is using how God made you, yeah. how God sees you, how God loves you and not trying to conform to everybody else and be like, be like everybody else. Yeah. So I would ask everybody, to step into your superpower. The last question I have for listeners in this podcast is what is your superpower? God gave you a superpower. He did. Is it music? Is it drawing? Is it is it connecting? Is it service? Um, is it patience? Is it listening? Step into to God's power that he gave you yeah, and use that. Instead of focusing on what you don't have, triple down on that self-awareness and use that. I say, God, use me as a vehicle today. Use me as a vehicle in light for your glory, not mine. Use mm-hmm. me. So I'm using my fear of public speaking. I used to stutter really bad. I still worked with every single day, but that flaw gave me the empathy and the passion to be just a straight, you know, all about making content, serving, helping. Yeah. So, so, and I used to hide it. Now I talk about all the time. Yeah. So don't run away from your mistakes. Use them to connect with people, to humble
0: yourself and and to serve. Yeah, that's good. It's awesome. Well, Colin, we have one final question we ask every one of our guests here. We do record on the campus of the University. So we like to know, what is one lesson you learned in college that did not take place in the classroom?
1: I learned this uh, after college doing research. And, and I'll ask you, um, aside from having God in your heart, Jesus in your heart as your Lord and Savior, um, what is the – Harvard did research. What's the number one source of happiness beyond, beyond faith?
0: I would probably say relationships, people.
1: Ding, ding, ding. We got a winner. So the number one source of happiness is relationships and connection. You can say connection with Jesus. Mm -hmm. Like how is your relationship with Jesus? But how is your relationship with your church, with your neighborhood, with your family? So I, you know, try to, to really bear the stuff on my own. And, and I looked at, hey, when was I at my happiest? I was connected with a small group. Mm-hmm. I was connected serving my church. I was connecting with my teammates. I was volunteering. So when we're helping and serving, the brain produces dopamine and serotonin. These are happy chemicals.
0: Right.
1: And one of my f- favorite verses uh, is Matthew 20, 16. It says, uh, he who was last shall be first. He who was first shall be last.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, I wish I had this more training on Colin. It's not about you. Connect, serve, get involved. Don't go alone. If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go
0: together. All right. That's great. Man, it's so good, Colin. Where can we stay connected with you?
1: Um, probably on Instagram. Uh, check me on Instagram Colin Henderson with two L's.
0: Colin with so like, two L's.
1: Uh, I got a link tree. If you want to go to the website or if you want to uh, look at my books on Amazon, you can do that too.
0: Awesome. This has been so helpful. I know I took a ton of notes. So leaders, I hope if you're driving, don't try to take notes while you drive. Pull over or listen to it later. This has been so helpful. And Con, as we always say here at The Leadership Drip, you have a seat at the table. Thanks for being on, buddy. it It was awesome, Jeff. Thanks. Thanks.
1: Thanks for listening to this episode of The Leadership Drip. If something from this episode was helpful for you, then share it on your social media and tag us. If we see it, we may reshare it on our channels. We appreciate you taking the time to join us. And remember, you always have a seat at the table.